Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash in general. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the In General Podcast, episode number 64. It's been a long time, guys. I know it's me again, but today I'm not joined by our usual folks. We're uh, we're joined by Jurassic Park extraordinaire, podcast aficionado, and master editor, Stephen Morris. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. I thank you again for having me on In General. It's good to be the last time I was here, I was with uh, Justin J. Peterson, Jurassic and that was God. It feels like almost two years ago. So, I, it, it's been it's been a number of years. Yes, yes, yes. Well, today, you know, we you spoil alert. You know, we Stephen and I just did a quick Jurassic Park three episode on Sea Jurassic Right that'll be out by the end of November. Yep, it'll be yeah last Thursday of November. So you guys know how I've been, uh, you know, oh, wait, I'm, praising I'm... Jurassic Park. Through... Oh, what happened? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'm such a dummy. I was thinking of Thanksgiving. It's the last Tuesday of November. There we go, guys. Last Tuesday. Keep up. Uh, keep that. Keep that. You know, book them, bookmark that. Okay. If you want to hear two cool guys and some, some other people talk about the best Jurassic Park sequel, you can hear me try his best to defend the movie. But today we're talking some Jurassic Park World 2 one 25th anniversary three news okay guys so first bit of news steven rafe spall we know his name now really you ready for this it's it's this is a, a ground big a groundbreaking piece of information spoiler alert if you guys consider this a spoiler his name is eli mills that's it it's pretty fantastic steven thoughts on the name eli mills eli mills I kind of think he's going to be a good guy. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know that much about a lot of the smaller characters and whether right. he's going to be. I mean, are these roles that are comparable to like um, Sam Jackson's role in Jurassic Park, where it's kind of, or even like, um, or even like uh, Jake Johnson's role in Jurassic World? Like, is Rafe Spall's character like is he in a handful of scenes throughout the narrative or he or is he a one scene kind of guy or is he like um like a Dieter Stark where he's kind of present but you know he only really gets one meaty scene like in in, a name like Eli to me he sounds like he's gonna be a good guy but Rafe Spall doesn't really play I mean he's played a mix of both you know so I I don't know I'm kind of I feel like he'll be like do you think he's gonna be paired with um Ted Levine and um Toby uh, Toby okay. Jones, or is he going to be his own I th- thing? Yeah. I think he's it's, he's going to be paired with Toby Jones because if I remember correctly, when he first got announced, it was him and Toby Jones in the the same uh, Variety or Devon article. So I think those two are like a pairing for like the Mercenary Group or InGen or um, I guess Lockwood's characters team. So I think we're looking at a Jake Johnson size, maybe a Dieter Stark in terms of like screen presence but i don't think he's going to be a major player unfortunately but man i'm i'm a big fan of his i i really like him if you guys have seen a uh, movie called the f word or uh, also known as what if a little fun rom-com you know he's a 
he's a super likable guy, but he can be kind of a dickbag. So I can see him playing like a Dieter Star kind of like a douchebag dinosaur hunter character. So we'll see. I mean, like, Steven, what do you want to see from uh, our buddy here, Rafe Spall, Eli Mills? Yeah, I mean, it's because my the movie that I remember him the most in was Prometheus. And so <laughs> he's a stupid scientist in that movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I just he he played the kind of like goofy, goofy, uh, like kind of not asshole, but just kind of like, you know, he's just kind of like he's a laid little, back. almost. Yeah, he's kind of like laid back in a way that's kind of annoying. And I think he like kind of leaned into it in a way that I thought was very funny. And I, I kind of liked his bumbling kind of character in that movie and i don't i don't know if i want to see the same because i also i mean his first i think the first movie he was in was Shaun of the dead where he has that kind of brief role at the beginning where he's oh you're right where, yeah where he's, he's like the, uh, the manager guy eh? yeah yeah and it's like it'd be kind of fun to see him be more mean in in that kind of way but i i think he's he's like a handsome guy but i think he I would like to see him be a baddie personally, but I could see him being kind of a nice guy, maybe like a scientist or helping Claire or something like that. But I don't know. I kind of want to see him on the baddies. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. I'm totally into his character, but you know what, you know, speaking of good characters and like just fun, loving, bumbling, you know, fun guys like that, Jake Johnson, Jurassic world, Lowry, the most interesting thing happened with his character actually over the uh, past few weeks. A official one-pager from Universal themselves and, believe it or not, Frontier Developments from as far back as August has suggested that Jake Johnson is reprising his role as Lowry. And this comes to a shock to many of us, uh, considering Jake Johnson has uh, himself said uh, in February of 2017 that he's not returning. And as late or as early as or later as June 2017, Colin Trevorrow himself has said that the reason Jake Johnson is not coming back is because there was no like, reasonable way to fit him into the story. But that being said, this is an official one-sheeter uh, one from two official sources regarding the Jurassic Park uh, franchise, Jurassic World franchise. And, uh, you know, the way they worded this one-pager, it's, um, uh, these guys are starting the movie while Jake Johnson, B.D. Wong, and Jeff Goldblum reprise their roles. So it's not like it doesn't seem like a, a simple typo, you know? No, it, like it, it feels very it suspicious. Seems deliberate. <laughs> it's very suspicious. I feel like, it, yeah, because you're right. Like it wasn't like he was just j- somewhere in the general cast list. Like, you know, I can see. Yeah, he was I can, also mention as reprising. Yeah, I could see the social media person like copying and pasting from an old one and deleting names, but then forgetting. But this was, yeah, you're saying it's very deliberately. Like I. I looked at it was yeah reprising and being part of BD Wong and Jeff like yeah it it seems very it it seemed very suspicious to me. Let me throw a wrench into uh, the suspicion then. You know when we reached out to Universal directly, I think uh, Universal has rep- uh, replied to our inquiry stating that Jake Johnson's inclusion was indeed a typo, and the revised document had removed him. So, what does that make you think? Well, I wonder if maybe, as far as marketing goes, maybe his role isn't big enough that they wanted to make a meal right. out of it. You know, it's kind of like the Marvel movies where when they have certain characters returning, it's not really like, 
you know, you don't really need to make a point of like happy Hogan coming back or like uh, how like, um, you know, spoilers, Gwyneth Paltrow is like at the end of uh, is, is, in, oh. is in. Do you want do you not want me to not spoil it? Oh, no, I, that's exactly it. Like you don't advertise a small cameo from a fan favorite character. You know, you want to keep it a surprise as much as you can. And if someone jumps the gun, you, you, you know, a little bit of damage control, take it back a little bit, you know? Yeah, you want it. Yeah, you want that surprise to be there because it's those little things that kind of add, you know, that make it fun. You know, if Jake Johnson pops up again, like that would be so cool. But you also mm-hmm. don't want to set expectations, you know, as I think we'll get into our next story. You don't want to set expectations that aren't there. So if you're saying, you know, Jake Johnson is reprising his role as Lowry, it's like, then we're going to think, oh, he's a big character. He's on Claire's team or whatever, you know, or, what, yeah. you know, he's he's hanging around uh, Ian Malcolm's door trying to get an autograph or something, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, you know, as a as a big fan of Jake Johnson's as a, you know, when he first got announced as dressed if, if being in Jurassic World, it was like a, you know, like a nerdgasm, if you will. I'm like one of my favorite comedic actors from a show I really love and like this this indie movie darling actor is in Jurassic Park? Are you kidding me? And like he just crushes it as a fan favorite character and like I just want to see him back and I kind of wish this hadn't have leaked out assuming he's in the movie because if I'm sitting in the cinema watching this happen and unfolding in front of me and I see Jake Johnson appear, I'm going to jump out of my damn seat, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder (laughs) like are there going to be other cameos like that? You know, I mean, again, Lost World didn't advertise that Lex and Tim were coming back because then we would think that they would extend beyond that first Ooh. opening scene in the movie. But it's like, nope, they're just there to say hi and bye. Like it's it's to sort of show that the world is is fleshed out. It it has nothing, no bearing on the narrative. Also, if you don't mind me going into spoilers for a second, so just spoiler alert, Stephen, do you like spoilers? It's it's just mostly conjecture. It's not really spoilers. We don't know for sure. Uh, I I don't mind spoil. I don't mind spoilers because I think personally for me, you know, I I want to like a movie on more levels than just what happens in the movie, and so I think sometimes it can exactly de- sometimes it can detract, but ultimately. It's how the it's how the things are you know it's how the characters are used or how the details play out rather than just knowing them. So right. I think if anything, I've taken a more approach to for certain movies. Like I'll pick a movie a year where I just won't watch anything for it, and so that movie I'll kind of exactly. come in pure. But for movie you know for Jurassic Park stuff, it's like I, I feel like it's part of my job to kind of keep up with what's happening. So I kind of mm-hmm. have to let myself be spoiled, but. Ultimately, it's not going to ruin my experience when I finally see it in theaters. All right, perfect. So let's get into this then. Okay, so there are some day players, super small actors playing roles of like things like senators, senators' aides. There's a park visitor. Um, there's a secret agent for the Senate, which makes us think that there's going to be some sort of courtroom Senate hearing, if you will. And... People will be brought in front of the court to testify, give expert witness. And that's where I think that park visitor will play a role. Maybe he's someone who got injured from the attacks uh, and uh, they're looking to shut down the park. Maybe some way to 
you know, make sure the dinosaurs don't survive this sort of volcanic explosion, you know, keep them on the island, let nature take its course, destroy these animals. And that maybe that's where Jake Johnson comes in. Maybe he has to give some sort of expert testimony on, you know, you know, how Claire behaved and how Owen behaved or what happened during Jurassic World. And maybe that's where Jeff Goldblum comes in. Maybe he's like, you've seen what happens if these dinosaurs get off the island. Give us your thoughts on why they should be left alone on the island to die from this explosion. So my question is, do you think that if Jake Johnson is in this movie, that he's going to have some sort of, you know, presence in this potential, uh, you know, courtroom Senate scene? Oh my gosh. The the idea of a courtroom scene is kind of crazy. It's just like, it's like a Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Mr. Dino goes to Washington mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, it's funny because at first I was kind of like, oh, I could see this scene totally opening the movie, sort of addressing the aftermath of Jurassic World, kind of catching us up to speed. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also hate for, just as a fan, um, not not thinking about narratively, but I would hate for our Jeff Goldblum uh, you know, return, I would hate for that to be at the very beginning of the movie. I kind of... As a as a just like excited about the prospect of 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 having Ian Malcolm return to the franchise, part of me hopes that they'll they'll hold that for later in the movie, you know, but I don't know. You know what? Yeah, ideally, maybe Ian Malcolm is you know peppered throughout the story, if you will. Ugh. I mean, we know he's been filming for at least a week, so potentially that gives multiple filming days. So maybe he has a, a choice scene at the start, maybe one in the middle. And perhaps the rest in the third act for when potentially the dinosaurs reach Lockwood's Manor from what we've heard in the spoilers and rumors. So ideally, you know, Jeff Goldblum will be present in a smaller role, but throughout the movie, you know, you know, peppered like a, a nice seasoning as, you know, Jeff Goldblum has alluded to now uh, in the Empire podcast. Uh, in this podcast, Jeff Goldblum has confirmed his role in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is relatively small. Um, He's quoted as saying, it's small. Who knows? They may cut me out entirely, which I think is a joke. Uh, That's something else. But if I stay in, I'll be a sprig of parsley or a little garnish, hopefully with with some impact. So like I said, you know, you can have this little topping, like Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum topping onto this beautiful Jurassic World dish, if you will. The frosting. this, This little... Yeah, this little this little garnish or parsley can have a deep impact into the deeper meaning of the story, luckily. Or, you know, you can find some over here, some over here, maybe some on the bottom of your plate eventually. So <laughs> regardless of the size of the role, we might see Jeff Goldblum, you know, throughout the story yet. So what are your thoughts on Jeff Goldblum having a relatively small role? I mean, I think I was always prepared for that. I think I... I personally, and again, I don't know anything anything too crazy, but I I never really expected from his announcement. I never expected him to go toe to toe with dinosaurs again. I just think that I, I I just I I can't imagine it. You know, I mean, I want if if there's if it happens, I'll be glad. But it's just something I've kind of had to prepare myself to just accept that he's not going to go toe to toe with any dinosaurs again. But it just makes me think that this is going to be such a different Jurassic Park movie than any we've seen before cuz you know we're always we're always um contained to the island we're always contained to 
Mm-hmm. A very small quarters, you know, maybe in Jurassic World or crisscrossing across the island. But the idea that we might be traversing oceans and different, um, you know, from island to mainland to mansion to cities to court, like, it, like this is going to be such a global adventure, unlike anything we've ever seen. You know, like I know you and I have talked about recently on your podcast about a um, about, you know, a mythology Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movie. I think this is our chance to get really deep into the mythology of not only the characters but the the companies involved. Like for example, um, John Lockwood or whatever Mister Lockwood's name is in the movie, he's the partner of John Hammond. It's it's adding this brand new depth to the movies that we've never seen before. So when we go back and watch Jurassic Park One, The Lost World, Jurassic Park Three, and Jurassic World, even there's going to be some new elements that we didn't know before that existed. Like. You know, we'll, we're going to see Mr. Hammond in a brand new light. Maybe the you know the incidents of Jurassic World in a different way because of this brand new character. So, I think this movie is going to be our encompassing, you know, mythology episode, if you will, like an episode eight or an episode five of Star Wars. This deep mythology bringing something new to the series, which is it gives me some hope, you know. And with the addition of a fan favorite character in Jeff Goldblum. Someone we all connect with, someone we all love. Maybe he's gonna help us with that journey, you know. Maybe give us something new, with you know someone old to help us, you know, transition into this brand new phase. So, I'm very excited about this. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think no matter how big or small Jeff Goldblum's role is, I think him along with B.D. Wong, and I don't having that having that this feels like such a, a menagerie kind of movie uh mm. I, I think is gonna really help tie everything together. And of course I want that to happen. I want you know, I want the same level of care as people give the Star the Star Wars story group or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I definitely want that because right. it just feels so good and and you know, it's it just would be fun to like tie up all the loose ends and stuff, to just think of the creative ways that people can be like you know, I mean, obviously the like pteranodons from Jurassic Park three were cleaned up by Vincent D'Onofrio's character Hoskins, but it's like you know that's right, set on, that's, exactly that's set on a website somewhere. It's like it would be cool to see more of that stuff um, brought up and talked about. You know, you know, we have the Hammond statue in Jurassic World, but it's like, I, you know, I want more interaction with that stuff. And I think you know, if it obviously if it helps the story, but. Also, just as a fan, I'm like, I just want, you know, I just want right. more of that stuff. I want, you know, I want um, a character like Claire to like reference, oh, Isla Sorna. Yeah, like we just keep an eye on those dinosaurs. Like, but we, you know, we don't let any of them contaminate. You know, we didn't let them, you know, we didn't let those dinosaurs like interact with our dinosaurs, you know, because they were from an older stock. Yeah. Like the idea of her talking about if, if Bryce Dallas Howard says Isla Sorna at any point in the movie or site B, I would <laughs> fucking die. Sure. Like, I would die so hard. Like that would be, that's like ultimate. Yeah, fantasy. exactly. It's fantastic. Or like, I mean, like logically you got to mention it like that. Okay. Where do you take the dinosaurs off the island? You bring them to Isla Sorna naturally. Right. So maybe we're going to hear some Isla Sorna dialogue here. Right. Yeah, or like the idea of maybe Chris Pratt, maybe Owen Grady, like went to Site B to like, you know, before they started making new Jurassic Park, you know, new Jurassic World dinosaurs. Like, how did he get his training? Maybe he went to Isla Sorna and like studied the raptors there or something. You know, where, where are the pre-Jurassic World 
Isla Sorna, cleaning up Isla Nublar. Like, what, where, where, where is all that stuff? I, I, I would love if they could find some way to incorporate any of that into Fallen Kingdom. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I, I think, again, that's the sort of fan stuff that you're like, I really... It's you know I think a lot of people are go back and forth on why that kind of stuff matters, and I think you know a big part of in general the in general podcast and Jurassic Outpost, and I think you guys is being like, well, that stuff matters because mm-hmm. it shows that you care. You know, it's not about it becoming yeah. a story or the narrative. It's just saying it's those little details. It's you know when um, the Star Wars story group will bring back like a random small extended universe character that has nothing to do with its original incarnation, but throwing that nod, throwing that name, just is that little extra details that that just really yep. make it feel like you know you are as invested as the fans. Yeah, it's like this little connective tissue that brings all these movies together in like this sort of you know that this franchise, this, this universe is living, it's breathing, you know? The people, the players within this franchise, they're aware of what's happened. There's, there's a past, that there's a future, you know? It's, there's this little connective tissue that gets me very excited for the future. And speaking of Ancient the future... future. <laughs> oh, very good, sir. Very good. Every future has a past, right? I think so. Um, the first... Yeah. I know, I'm a master of segues. The first Jurassic Park 25th anniversary merchandise is beginning to show up. All right, guys. So we have on our website an article that shows a collectible coin that has the very uh, controversial Jurassic Park 25th anniversary um, logo on one side. And on the other face, a mosquito and amber that has a numbering on the bottom a potentially limited numbering i think it says five thousand pieces uh released a limited release for this so the coin comes out this november it's a gorgeous coin uh you know our scientists have done things which you know whatever the rest of the quote is i can't see the coin and i don't know the coin i'm fortunately i'm really sorry you know yeah and also um <laughs> I, I listen guys you guys know i'm not a hundred percent on my quotes here this is not the lost world, okay? We can't quote, uh, like, crazy stuff here. And uh, there's also some uh, beautiful, beautiful Jurassic Park art prints from a Iron Gut Punishing. Pu- Iron Gut Publishing. I'm so sorry. Iron Gut Publishing. You can buy their uh, stuff. <laughs> you can buy their stuff on smartarts.gallery. We have a link on our website. Check that out, guys. And just to wrap up the Jurassic Park 25th anniversary, we have a beautiful book. A beautiful children's book, in fact, uh, called Jurassic Park Little Golden Book, which is a age-appropriate book adaption of Jurassic Park. It is a fully illustrated book of 24 pages. Releases this February, or coming February, and will sell for $4.99. And guys, if you look at this art, right off the bat, it's it's gorgeous. Steven, have you seen this uh, this art and his coins? Yes, and I actually have uh, I have the Jurassic uh, the Jurassic Outpost article up in front of me now too, so I can follow along. Excellent, excellent. Good um, website. I recommend you guys check it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I you know I I'm I'm a sucker for all the like because I still have that stuff. I have the the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park from my childhood. That little childhood, you know, thing. Like I don't know. It's cool. It's I love all this stuff. I mean. I'm a sucker for it. I, I definitely think I would get the golden book for sure. 
Um, I don't know if I'm a big coin collector. I remember um, mm -hmm. for, for people in the U.S. when they put out all the 50-state quarters, like, over my entire, like, growing up, I remember, like, saving a bunch of the quarters thinking I was going to get all 50. And then one day in college, I was like, I need this for laundry. And then I just spent all the quarters. <laughs> well, that's, that hurts, man. That hurts. That hurts. So, um, I mean, I was excited about the last bit of 25th anniversary, which is the deluxe junior novelization. Oh, that's too... Uh, you know what? I forgot to scroll down. Yeah, you want to cover the uh, new uh, sure, new, yeah, new yeah, novel edition. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, so it's a hardcover version of uh, then releases next February, and it was a reissue of the original junior novelization, but it does include full color scenes. So yeah, I have the original um, junior novelization. Yeah. I actually, I actually didn't have that one at the time, but I did have the Lost World one at the time, and it's one of those things where it's like. It, you know, they're kind of written around the same time. They're not really like, sometimes they don't have the full script or they haven't seen the full movie. So sometimes there's like little weird mm -hmm. differences. And I think I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this. I mean, it's, you know, it's essentially just like a, a condensed version of the movie, but I don't, it's just, it's just another curious way to interact with, you know, the movie. And I like the cover a lot with all the bones and everything. It looks cool. Oh, hello there. I hear you're a fan of dinosaurs and Jurassic Park. Well, check this out. Audible has got a deal that is perfect for you. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial for you to check out their great service. Since Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is coming out next year, why not go back and listen to the first Jurassic Park novel written by Michael Crichton on audiobook? Or, if you're interested in something brand new, why not go check out Michael Crichton's novel Dragon Teeth? Hey, you might even be interested in something brand new. Why not go check out Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg? To download your free audiobook trial today, go to audibletrial.com slash in general. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash in general for your free audiobook. One more time, why not? Audibletrial.com slash I-N-G-E-N-E-R-A-L. Thank you, Audible. We love you. What are your thoughts on the logo, if I may ask? The 25th anniversary logo? <laughs> <laughs> yep, with that beautiful 25th anniversary uh, little bit hanging off on the bottom. Well, it's I mean, I'm it's curious that it's like the it's yellow on yellow. That's my only that's my only thing. I wonder if it would be if it should be red or something, but you know. You know, I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't have minded it's just like a classic just logo by itself and like 25th anniversary potentially just somewhere else on the uh, on the on the screen there, but you're not I mean, a fan. It's a fine logo. No, I don't think any one of us are a fan, unfortunately, on the website. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, just to wrap this a little bit. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's very curious because I feel like our entire Jurassic Park fandom, whenever they've added things to the bottom of of the Jurassic Park logo, it's always been about um, it's always been about squeezing it in, you know. And so it's very curious that I feel like. Yeah. I, I'm just like looking up the Jurassic World Evolution logo, but that's also like squeezed in at the bottom, right? It's not punching. Yeah. It's not punching out of the logo. You know, I don't think this logo really tends, uh, you know, lends itself well for, I guess, other titles. I, th I think it's just like a Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and that's it on that logo. And then maybe add the title above or bottom or something like that somewhere else on the screen, but. Yeah, you know, I like that little badge. I like a clean badge of the Jurassic Park Jurassic World logo. That's my opinion myself. I just, you know, a clean badge is nice. 
Yeah, Jurassic Park, the color scheme and the logo itself are so specific and such a specific combination of stuff that it really it's so easy for it to go wrong, you know, and I feel like, yeah, yeah, it's very little. Can it be satisfying? I think that's why I liked it when Jurassic World went blue and in silver. I kind of liked it because it was like, oh, this is at least yeah, an acceptable yeah, yeah. variation of the original. I feel like so many so many versions of that logo just look so wonky because it's it, it, it's like this delicate balancing act with that logo. Um yeah, so I think maybe the designers were like, I'm tired of squeezing things into that little bottom. Can we do something? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Jurassic... Yeah, Jurassic... You're like, yeah, just, just throw it on there. It's fine. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Just throw it on there. I just, no- I just noticed cool. Jurassic World Evolution, it's not even in the thing. It's just at the bottom. It's not even... They didn't even bother... <laughs> they didn't even bother including it in the... Oh... Yeah, the, you know, it just, I think it just yeah, hangs I think the in Fallout mid- Kingdom had the exact same issue. Yeah, it wasn't centered firstly, and then they, I think they fixed it afterwards. So you know what, you know, you know, Frontier, step it up. Okay, <laughs> your game looks great, but your logo game, not great. Step yeah, it up. They just have it floating in air below the Jurassic World logo. So <laughs> I never noticed that. I, it's I think, super distracting. No, I think maybe they were smart. They were sort of like, look, we can't muck with the timeless logo. Let's just let's just throw our little game title underneath because ultimately again you're gonna get something like the 25th anniversary logo where it's kind of like explode like i wish they had added like little exploding lines you know like it's almost like the 25th anniversary is like bursting out of the Mm -hmm. original logo a little bit yeah yeah, sure but yeah two it's it's funny what left what's left okay so to wrap up this beautiful merchandising bit there are Three new products to discover for Jurassic World and quite possibly Fallen Kingdom, says the writer. I think Chris Chris wrote this. Um, Owen's Guide to Survival, Lego Jurassic World, and Reader with Stickers, Lego Jurassic World. Now, Stephen, tell me, what are your thoughts on the Lego Jurassic World game and Lego Jurassic World short? I love the Indominus. If you play, I I love the Indominus Escape. I think it's so hilarious. I think it's really funny. It's it's, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, it's, it's it's you know it's it's a kids thing, but it's like it has some pretty good bits in there. You know. Yeah, and I, I like that a lot of the original uh, Jurassic Park cast members did their voices for it too. I think that was really fun and clever, and yeah, it's just it was very cute and. It's funny, as I'm saying this, I'm actually just getting the Jurassic World Lego game. Like, I just ordered it oh, this yeah? week. Yeah, I was like, I need to treat myself to something. I never got around to playing the Jurassic World Lego game. So you know what? I'm going to order it. So I got it on, I have a 3DS, so I'm going to be playing it uh, You know, oh, perfect. in the coming weeks. But yeah, I haven't, I mean, I've played the other Jurassic, or the other, um, the other Lego games, Lego Star Wars and stuff like that. So I know I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I mean... I'm all down for uh, more Lego Jurassic World tie-in stuff for sure. Yeah, you know, I think you're going to have a a real ball with this Jurassic World Lego game because, you know, the developer, I think it was Traveler's Tale, if I remember correctly, um, they did a fantastic job as going, you know, like they expanded the the villager, the the, the villagers, what was it called? What was the, the, the... Worker Village in The Lost World? Was that what it's called? Oh, yeah, the Worker Village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. They expanded that. Like, you get to explore the buildings, the gas station. That's fantastic. And in Jurassic Park 3, you get to go to, like, the aviary, explore that a little bit. Um, You get to explore the that rundown uh, 
embryonics facility. Like the detail is there. It's obvious they care about the franchise. And, you know, just to wrap up this podcast for now, um, what are your thoughts on evolution from what you've seen so far? Like, are you going to pick it up on your PC or am I, ha- I going to have to buy an Xbox or PS4 yeah. so you can play this game? <laughs> I, I mean, what, it's, it's... What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just sort of like... Uh, I mean, it looks so cool. Um, you know, I'm not a great... I'm not a, I'm not great at those management games. Like, obviously right. love the OG Dino Park Tycoon. I played a little bit of Operation Genesis back in the day, but... I've never mm-hmm. been really great at the the management stuff. Like, I'm not great at The Sims or SimCity or anything, but it just seems like it's going to be so immersive, and maybe that's just the, you know, the cinematic stuff we've seen so far. I know that the trailer was, like, in-game footage, but, like, you know, not... It wasn't, like, gameplay footage. Um, so I think... I mean, I think... I mean, I kind of wish it would be on the Switch because I feel like that's the only video game system that oh. I kind of want, but... Um, Okay. I, I have some friends who have PS4s and Xboxes, so I might just be like, "Hey, let me just just let me get Jurassic Jurassic World Evolution, and I'll go play it go play it on your uh, on your system." But yeah, I mean, I think I definitely want to play it. I think at this point now, I'm kind of like in deep, and I gotta check every you know gotta check out all the Jurassic stuff out. So <laughs> I definitely oh, think sure. I'm, I definitely think I'm gonna check it out one way or another. Um, you know, when you mention the Switch, I think this is a game that would you know really benefit from the switch's capabilities and like i guess it's a game suited for the switch and or even the wii u from the past but i think it's only a matter of time you know before it hits the switch so steven let's get a switch i'm gonna buy a switch too we'll play some mario kart audio you know mario odyssey zelda fun stuff like that yeah Um, mario kart 8 plus exactly we'll play some switch games and stuff or we can get an xbox one you can play with me and chris you know oh yeah um Maybe I should get an Xbox. <laughs> Yo, do it, bud. Uh, Blu-ray player and everything. A lot of fun stuff. But, Steven, thank you so much for joining me on this quick news recap. Um, no, thanks for We probably for should me. mention that. <laughs> uh, for every, you know, Anytime, buddy. Whenever you want to come on, let us know. We would uh, love to have you. You're a, uh, a beacon of hope with the podcasting world, if I may say so myself. You have some fantastic podcasts. Would you like to plug some of your uh, podcasts? Sure. Uh, I mean, well, of course, I have to plug um, See Jurassic. The one everyone knows. Yeah. See. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could plug my favorite murder, but I feel like there we go. There it is. People, people, people can (laughs) people will know about that one. And Karen and Georgia are the best. Oh yeah. I I love working with them, and it's my favorite job in the world. But um, hell yes. For um, for Jurassic Park people, um, See Jurassic Right, which. uh, Again, uh, Cease and I just talked about Jurassic Park 3 in great detail about, which will be coming out at the end of the month, the last mm-hmm. Tuesday of the month. Um, mm-hmm. And that podcast, I feel like, is is just, if you, you know, my favorite thing when, I, when I'm talking to people about Jurassic Park is just hearing their childhood stories and stuff. And so I really just wanted to make a podcast where it just really focuses on, um, you know, or like love for this thing and, 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 you know, here, and I just wanted to collect as many personal stories as possible. And so that's a big part of the podcast. And so, uh, if you've ever felt like, you know, if you want to hear from somebody who walked down the wedding aisle to the Jurassic Park theme, if you want to hear a woman talk about a story where when she went to the natural history museum for the first time, but got upset because they weren't real dinosaurs, it's like those kind of stories. (laughs) Uh, it's about a woman doing mushrooms, 
uh, and watching the lost world and trying to save the characters, you know, from her TV screen. It's, <laughs> it, it's stories like that that are on uh, see Jurassic, right? Because there's so many great Jurassic Park podcasts out there. It's like, how can we all complement and, and fit each other? Cause yeah. it's, it's now my favorite thing where it's like, I just have my rotation of Jurassic Park pods and I get, I basically get to listen to one every day almost at this point, it seems like. And, it's really fun. So if you, if you want to hear people's personal stories and stuff like that, see Jurassic right, uh, is one. I mean, Chris, Chris has been on already, um, telling mm-hmm. a couple different stories. And in December, he's going to, there's a story he talked about where, uh, his, uh, he, he held around his like red Rex toy. Like it was his dog and he treated it like his dog and it was super adorable. So look for that one. <laughs> Christopher. Um, That's one big for Hunter for you guys. who don't know. Um, and then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen, it was an honor to be on your episode of uh, See Jurassic Right. I can't wait for that to come out and listen to it. Um, guys, check out his stuff, man. He's the real deal. He, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him on again, friend of the show. Uh, Stephen, thank you for joining me. Thank you again so much. This was the best. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for listening to this quick update. Um, November is here, man. This is, uh, you know, we're counting down to the, you know, I guess stuff for once. It's been a long time since we've gotten stuff for Jurassic World, but this is it. Get ready for the uh, emergency podcasts and uh, fun stuff like that. Steven, I will talk to you soon, my friend. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.